0: What a difference a year makes. I mean, these are the prices. A year ago today, Bitcoin was trading at $58,730. Ethereum was at $4,269. BNB was at $585. Look at Solana. Solana was at $231. Cardano was at $1.84. And here we are in the peak of uh, the FUD, in the peak of the bear market. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at the bear market. We've got a big FTX update for you. And then we're going to look at another domino that could potentially fall. And if this domino falls, then we could be seeing new lows for Bitcoin. But I'm also going to tell you what I think the probabilities are of this domino actually falling. So here we are again, doing a big show again, except this time we've got time for the intro. So let's do it.
1: Out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up. I can go. Up. Gotta wake up, gotta wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Get up.
0: how quickly things change how did we go from this a year ago to where we are today where bitcoin is struggling to hold on to the 16000 level today uh, ethereum is getting killed ethereum was it was at $1100 earlier and that was because the ftx hacker is uh, selling Ethereum and he's buying uh, Bitcoin. We're going to talk about uh, Kevin O'Leary against BitBoy and I'm actually going to gesture to bring them both onto my show and to iron out their beef um, once and for all on the show. Uh, Just a quick look at the other markets. NASDAQ, uh, not doing very much, not doing very much. Uh, And then you got the dollar index, getting the dollar getting a bit stronger, 107.7. And the reason why the dollar is getting a bit stronger is because in China, right now, we have... uh, a spike in COVID cases, and that's worrying people in terms of what that means for inflation and reopening of economies. That's what the COVID cases look like in China. What you'll notice though is that the majority of them are actually asymptomatic. The majority of the the ones, the red ones here are are actually asymptomatic uh, cases. So I don't know if this is going to slow down China in terms of their reopening, but that's what's causing the Dixie to, to come down. And that brings us to where we are today. So we are here today, Monday. Uh, If you're new to the channel, subscribe to our channel. If you're a regular, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The amount of love and support that you guys have given us, and I mean, our views, our subscribers have absolutely exploded in this downtime. And You know, maybe it's testament to how good our community is, but maybe it's also testament as to how hard we're working, because I must say, I've never worked harder, um, even it's a bear market and you know it's so much harder to make content in a bear market especially like like, you know we we're we're in the space we've been working hard you get a scammer like sbf coming into the space and really ruining a whole lot of hard work that we've done for for a long time destroying our community destroying a lot of investors and stuff like that and it's um uh, it's so nice it's 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 so hard to make content and i you know what what i said is i'm I'm just going to carry on making more and more and more content now and I'm going to keep the community safe. I'm going to be here each and every day. And I'm going to keep going and keep going and keep going uh, because consistency is what wins every single time. Kyle, what did you say about consistency earlier? You had a you had a thing about water. And- That's why water slices through rock because it's consistent. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. You got to be in the in the bull market. You got to be in the bear market. That's what it's about. Um, speaking of bear market, actually, we should look at where we are in this bear market. I saw this uh, this tweet from Benjamin Cohen, and he's like. Comparing bear markets, and it looks like um, I mean this is becoming one of the most drawn-out bear markets that we've seen. So if you look at uh, twenty, these are let, let's just see which ones he's comparing here. He's comparing uh, okay, all the all the bear markets are twenty fifteen, twenty seventeen, etc. And we are the green one. So what we can see is that our bear market has been almost. I mean, it's the second longest bear market that we've had, um, and it hasn't gone down as badly as some of the other bear markets. And I saw this tweet here from uh, Charlie Belelo, and he's looking at the major Bitcoin corrections. What you can see is that now Bitcoin's down 77% from the high, but there have been times when it's gone down lower. So like in 2017, 2018, it went, it went 84% below the high. Uh, in 2011, it went 94%. And in 2010, it also went 94%. So this is, this is up there, but it's not the worst correction that we've ever had. And I want to remind you, for those of you who weren't here in 2019, 2018, 2019, yes, the correction was, wasn't as brutal. We never had these big centralized players imploding, and we never had um, such a big quantity of collapses. But in 2017 and 2018, we never knew if crypto was going to be a thing. Like We didn't know if there was going to be adoption, Ethereum didn't work, Bitcoin, no one was using Bitcoin. And we didn't know whether crypto was going to be a thing. And that's what made a lot of people tap out. Now we pretty much know for sure that Bitcoin's a thing, Ethereum's a thing, Polygonmatic is a thing, Solana is a thing. We know this. We know this for sure. We know this for certain. And it's just a case of riding out the cycle and riding out these mass liquidations. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is what are the potential mass liquidations that could still come? Because there are a couple that could still come, and one of them may actually be imminent. And if it happens, well, then what actually happens? What happens there? So that's the... The drops from all time highs. Um, also, I saw this. These are Bitcoin returns from 2010 to 2022. And what you can see is in most years, we've had great returns. Um, but some years, we've had down, down years. We've had one, two, and this is the third year so far where we've been down. But otherwise, in the 13 year history, that well, the 13, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 years, we've only had three down years. So it just shows that. Let's just ride out the cycle and, and, and see what's going on. There are some other signs. Um, for the first time since March 2020, over 50% of Bitcoin holders are losing money in their positions. Um, that is the net unrealized uh, PLs. And what you can see is that there's only been twice where it's been worse. And that was in 2015, 62, they were down 62%. And in 2018, it was down 55%. So we're almost at the bottom when it comes to that metric over there. Um, also, I saw this tweet by William Clemente who said, you know, if, if you wanted to look at four charts that explain that Bitcoin is fine, the first chart is that long-term holders are actually doubling down, which is, which is a great sign. The, the, and, um, and they're doubling down even though they're at losses. So they're kind of saying, look, even though we're at losses, We now believe so much in this technology that we're actually going to double down as opposed to cut the losses. Now, in previous bear markets, they've held, 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 and eventually what they did was they cut their losses. In this bear market, what they're doing is they're actually adding to their positions. They're not the only ones adding. Small Bitcoin holders are also adding, the 0.1% Bitcoin holders are also adding. Blocks obviously continue to be added, and active addresses are also making higher lows, and new addresses are making uh, big highs. And again, if you think this is scary, then just imagine 2014 when Mt. Gox was hacked. And the stats around Mt. Gox look something like this. So in Mt. Gox, 70%, Mt. Gox was 70% of the trading volume. FTX was only 10%. FTX is way worse on absolute basis, but on a relative basis, Mt. Gox was actually much worse. And at the time, no one knew if Bitcoin was gonna survive and no vendors accepted Bitcoin Etc. cetera, et cetera. So this this bear market, as brutal as it is, as much as that we're going through the eye of the storm and the liquidations after liquidations, and we're going through the big, great unleveraging or deleveraging or whatever you want to call it. Well, it's not as bad as it was in 2014. and It's actually not even as bad as it was in 2018 and 2019. And what I know for sure is that those people that managed to stick it out and didn't get wrecked by boredom and by Slow pains, like down a little bit every single day, and by more and more and more reasons not to believe in crypto. Those that stayed, every single person that I know that stayed in the market actually made money, and th- those that made the most money were the ones that actually had the balls to deploy in a time like now, when when um, in a time like now when it feels the most uncomfortable. And I was sitting earlier today with the team, it's like, do you buy anything now? Everyone's going, you know, it really feels so uncomfortable. Truth is, if you're not buying when it feels so uncomfortable, if you're not dollar cost averaging when it feels this uncomfortable, what are you waiting for? It, generally, the more uncomfortable that it feels, the more you should be deploying or the more you should be dollar cost averaging it. And the truth is, I am, you know, I'm nearly at the end of my dry powder, but this is a great opportunity for me to dollar cost average in specifically if if we get one or two more liquidations. So that's how, that's how you can call it. Uh, I know the mood there is not great. I know fear and greed is... You know, the mood's not great. Fear and greed is an is a extreme fear. Um, people are fighting with each other on Twitter. I mean, you got BitBoy and Kevin O'Leary. you got Vitalik fighting with Paul Graham. You've got, everyone's fighting with everybody. Sentiment's not cool. Sentiment in the comments is not cool. Sentiment in the tweets is not cool. But that's exactly what this bear market is about. And the bear market will end and the technology will triumph. And when it does, you're going to wish you would have bought when everybody was fighting, uh, fighting this. All right. Let's, let's, let's get a quick um, FTX update. So uh, where are we with FTX? I don't want to talk too much more about FTX. We'll talk about FTX today and maybe we'll talk about FTX tomorrow, but then I want to stop talking about FTX because I think we've discussed the topic ad nauseum. It's enough. It's enough. We, know, we all know Sam was a con artist. We all know that pro- probably nothing's going to happen to Sam. We know that. Uh, we must just move on. We know he was a con artist. Um, uh, some of my friends who actually live in Bahamas confirmed that he is in the Bahamas. They saw him so he is in the Bahamas, and he's not surrounded by police, and he is walking around as normal. So, yeah. So they now, where are they? So there's the bankruptcy filing, which is has shown that the top fifty creditors owned or are owed three billion dollars uh, by FTX. You know what makes me really sad here? I literally tweeted before all of the shit. And I said, get your money out of FTX. And, and I said, this is financial advice. And there are still people that didn't listen. The tweet got 20,000 likes, 20,000, whatever, thousands of retweets. And there are still people that kept 226 million, 203 million, 174 million, 160 million, 131 million on the exchange, where there's, where, where there's smoke. And you have an opportunity to get your funds off the exchange you get your funds off the exchange. You don't wait to see if there's a fire because that fire is going to burn your money. Dumbass. Anyway, these same funds are probably the funds that threatened to sue me for for, for making that tweet. Um, And you can see that they've leaked it. Thank God that this time they've leaked it slightly differently without the names and people like that, because it could have been with names and stuff like that. For now, they've just leaked the document um, like this. Now, interestingly enough, you've now got this CEO. Uh, this John Ray character who was the guy that liquidated Enron. And he said, he's never seen anything like this in his life. He said, this is unprecedented. He's never seen anything like this in his entire life. Now that same dude, that same dude, believe it or not, how much do you think the guy's earning? How much do you think that the dude that is liquidating FTX, how much, what, what is a fair salary? James, what do you think the guy's earning? Like if I would say to James, what's a fair salary for Going to liquidate uh, uh, FTX. What what would you charge an hour? What do you think is fair? Yeah, well, you're the CEO. You got to liquidate it. You got you got to you got to put it into Chapter Eleven, and you got to make sure that that you trade out of it or you liquidate it. What do you think it's worth? Ten thousand dollars a month. Right? No, well, this guy's earning thirteen hundred dollars an hour. Okay, so thirteen hundred dollars an hour. Say the dude's working eight hours a day. Okay if he's working eight hours a day what these guys usually do is they cheat about their hours like lawyers all lawyers that's how don't, don't you know don't you know the joke about the lawyer don't you know the, the 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 joke about the lawyer so the lawyer goes to the lawyer dies and he goes to heaven and what's what's the at the gate there who do you meet saint peter saint paul who do you meet at heaven's yeah, gate saint yeah so, saint, so he goes to saint peter saint peter looks at him and goes Guy looks at, uh, the lawyer, looks at St. Peter. St. Peter looks at him, he goes, the guy goes, St. Peter, it's not my time. What am I doing here? He says, bro, judging by the number of hours you've built, I thought you were 96. <laughs> but all lawyers are like that, bro. All lawyers are like that. So don't, don't think that. Don't think that. All lawyers are like that. If you are, if, you, if you are a lawyer, if you are a lawyer uh, watching, watching this, um, you know I'm right. Come on, you know I'm right. Anyway, dude's charging $1,300 an hour to liquidate FTX. $1,300 an hour, $13,000 a day, $250,000 a month. I think it's a fair deal. I think it's a fair deal. Now, what he's saying is, he's saying, look, I mean, right now he's saying, look, exchanges should be aware that certain funds transferred from FTX Global and related debtors without authorization um, are being transferred to them through intermediate wallets. And he's warning exchanges to take all measures to secure these funds. He's saying they need to be returned to the bankruptcy estate, which is the first a sign that there may be some clawbacks. If, but I don't think the clawbacks are going to be for people that invested in FTX. I think it's for people that got preferential treatment, creditors, debtors, and investors. They may get clawed back if they were actually paid anything. And I think that probably relates to Sam and to a couple of his friends. Anyway, long story short, have the biggest catastrophe, uh, financial catastrophe that the United States has seen It's a very, 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 very prominent contributor to the Democrats. Very prominent, received favorable treatment um, from the Democrats. And now the Democrats have to do something. They have to do something. What do you do if you're a Democrat? What do you do if you are a Democrat and... This guy was your biggest donor and his parents are good donors and whatever else. And this guy runs the biggest financial fraud of our generation. What do you do? You bring in the big guns. You bring in the big guns. You bring in Maxine Waters, who blows kisses at SBF, who blew kisses at SBF. She did. Look how weird this is. He like waves goodbye. She blows him a kiss and she takes off her mask. I mean, terrible. So you bring in Maxine Waters and that's exactly what's happening now. You've got Maxine Waters who's going to do. Now, remember, she ran the the Facebook wallet hearings. Remember those Facebook wallet hearings where where they ran and they, they, they grilled poor Zach and poor David Marcus? Same lady, staunch Democrat. Who was interviewed on CNBC and stopped a little bit short of saying that they will return the cash. If there wasn't an oversight and regulation of him and his firm because he was such an important donor to your party. Well,
1: what we understand about uh, the election systems in this country is there are rules given donations. And when one follows those rules, uh, then you cannot object uh, to the fact that they give contributions, and they follow the law in the way that they give them. Uh, but as I understand it, without the investigation having gone on, that there were contributions made to Democrats and Republicans. And certainly, uh, those contributions may have been done, in an attempt to influence. uh, But, of course, we have to deal with that as uh, regulators and uh, as... uh, She
0: said, look, she said Democrats and Republicans. They're all Democrats, bro. There's no Republicans. It's just Democrats.
1: Members of Congress uh, with the responsibility for oversight. And so we will be a part of what is going on with these hearings and investigations. And we will do everything that we can to expose uh, any violations uh, Mm -hmm. that were obviously made.
0: Well, he gave half a million dollars to the to Democratic National Committee, and we Love just this. showed a number of your colleagues on the House Financial Services Committee that took donations from him. Should
1: the DNC and your fellow lawmakers return that money? Well, uh, usually that's up to individuals uh,
0: about whether or not... So she stops closer. she stops very far away from saying, look, return the money, return the money. She stops very, very far away from it. Anyway, so what do you have now? You have this hearing that's happening sometime in December. We don't know if SBF's going to attend. Wonder. We should start a betting market on whether SBF will attend the hearing or not attend the hearing. Because I got a feeling if the minute he walks into the United States, he gets arrested. I hope so. Maybe it's a wish. Maybe it's a it's a it's a it's a theory. Now, meantime, you got this hacker who stole all the funds from FTX. Not, there's a lot of hackers out there, and if you want to go read Zach XBT, thread, he clarifies, if you're interested in addresses, he clarifies which are the good hackers, the white hat hackers, and which are the black hat hackers. So go and check out his tweets if you really care about stuff like that. But the thing that we are seeing now is not only was this hacker dumb enough to trade everything into ETH, but now he's gone he's traded everything out of ETH and he's starting to trade out of ETH and he's starting to go into Bitcoin. Now, what that's done is it's hit the price price of ETH. So I was watching the price of ETH earlier, 1136. The reason why that's happening is because this hacker, is is uh, busy um, dumping all his um, uh, ETH and buying REN BTC and uh, and stuff like that. So and he's doing it with much smaller wallets and he's using decentralized exchanges. So SPF said he's 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 narrowed down the potential FTX hacker to one of eight people. One of eight people is is he says can can be could be the FTX hacker. I wonder I wonder if I'll ever get to the bottom of it um anyway i don't want, let's not talk about ftx anymore okay unless there's something huge let's try and we've spoken about it a lot it's time to move on speaking about it more is not going to help uh if there is news i'll cover the news but otherwise i'm going to avoid ruining everyone's day it's like when luna happened you know eventually we i did the debrief we spoke about what we learned i think we've all learned here we've all learned that centralized players don't work in a decentralized world um We've learned that all the failures in decentralization, all the failures in blockchain technology have actually been because of centralized players. Not all, except all but one. Luna was a a failure of a a decentralized player. But I guess now it's time for us to move on. And it's time for us to learn how to make money from this situation. That's what we're going to be doing now. We're going to to move on. We can't cry over spilt milk. We had our pity party for a week. We spent a week mourning our losses and everything else. Um, Now it's time to move on. And to look at what else could be happening in this industry. And what's the biggest domino now that could fall, the next domino is this domino over here. Now, Ryan Selkis from Masari is someone who's pretty credible in the space. And he says, I'm not expecting this to be a good week for Genesis creditors or Grayscale investors or DCG at all. Hope I'm wrong. Hang in there, fam. Now, this guy has been super, super, super vocal. Let's look at what he's actually being vocal about and evaluate whether there is another domino that's about to fall. Because the market's pricing in, that another another domino may fall. But if the market's wrong, then this could be an opportunity, right? Right. So let me show you what this domino is. So the domino all revolves around DCG, okay? But what is DCG? DCG is Digital Currency Group. It was founded by a guy called Barry Silbert. Barry Silbert's been a very, very, very early investor in crypto, and these guys have been, I think, one of the best investors in the space. Okay, they've they, they own companies like Genesis, Grayscale, CoinDesk, Foundry. In fact, let's just go forward, and you can see you can see more. I don't know why that happened. Um, l- let me take you to their portfolio. You can look at their portfolio. This is their portfolio. Look how many big names, big name companies these guys own. The biggest of the, the biggest they own. They own Circle, they own CoinDesk, they own coin shares in Coinbase, they own CoinList. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So these guys are one of the smartest investors in the space. I and mean, in fact, they, these guys are so big and so smart that they were raising money. And their last raise, they raised on a valuation of $10 billion. Okay. So this company, this investment holding company, net of debt, was valued at $10 billion when they last did a raise. So that last raise was done, let me try find it for you. I do have it just somewhere. See that the internet's starting, they're starting to, to clear pictures from the internet. So this raise was done in a year ago, November 1st, 2021, they raised at a valuation of 10 billion, they raised $700 million. So there are two companies at the core. As I showed you guys, there is a full portfolio that these guys own, probably one of the most impressive portfolios in crypto. But in this, there are two companies right now that are caught in the middle of this. The first company is a company called Genesis. So a lot of people haven't heard about Genesis, which is understandable. It's not really a retail-based company. What Genesis is, Genesis is a broker. And what Genesis started off as was an over-the-counter market uh, provider. They then expanded their services into institutional lending, into custody, into derivatives, into trading, into a whole lot of other things. And unfortunately, this business was an amazing business. If you look at where the business was a year ago, uh, it had originated $50 billion worth of loans. It had $12.5 billion worth of loans. It had done $30.8 billion of spot trading. Fast forward one year, and the business has become just a fraction of what this business was. And worse than that, what happened was this business... Has taken a few hits, some some really serious hits. The first hit that this business took was around Luna. We know that I want to show you some some evidence because you know everything has about evidence. Um, hold on, I have to find this for you. So we know that on May the fifth, listen, listen to this. We know that on, on May the fifth, the Luna Foundation closed a one point five billion OTC swap of UST. With for Bitcoin. So that's how it started. The first bad thing that happened was these guys, remember that Luna was buying all of these um, all of these Bitcoin? Well, they bought it using UST at Genesis. So who knows if Genesis took uh, a smack when it happened there. The next thing that happened was Three Arrows Capital. This company had Three Arrows Capital, had given Three Arrows Capital $2.4 billion worth of leverage. Yeah. And what Three Arrows Capital was doing, it was doing it, it was Leveraging the GBTC product, which we'll talk about in a second. So, smack number one, they get hit with Luna. Smack number two, they get hit with a $2.4 billion hit on on Three Arrows Capital. So, now you've got this company which has been, which is, which, where Three Arrows Capital, which is this insolvent entity, owes this company over a billion dollars more after all the collateral. And so, what does the parent company allegedly do? Removes the debt or the, or the claim of the balance sheet. So DCG said, hold on a second. We'll give you, we'll bail you out. She has a billion dollars and we'll take the three arrows capital debt. So now you've got digital currency group and digital currency group now have this $1 billion claim against the arrows capital. And they've given the money to Genesis. What, is, what does Genesis do? Genesis continues to trade and they get hit by a third hit, which is FTX. And Initially, they said, look, only $175 million had been locked in, in, in our FTX account, but then they get bailed out almost immediately by DCG for $140 million. And then what we find out is that Genesis is halt, halted withdrawals and halted lo- loan, um, loan uh, originations. And that's cool because remember, as I said to you, Genesis uh, uh, DCG own a whole lot of companies. Genesis is just one of those companies. The only problem is that they gave Genesis $1 billion to bail them out last time, and now this claim against the liquidator is sitting, or the three hours liquidator, is sitting on the balance sheet of DCG. So now, anyway, So now you've got Genesis potentially going bankrupt, and you've got both Genesis and DCG going out to try and raise money. And the problem is that what we're hearing from the market is that right now the capital raise isn't going very well. We know that DCG needs, needed to raise money and they were doing it in one of two ways. The first way is they were trying to raise capital for Genesis. From what we're hearing, there's not much interest for the Genesis for the, to raise. No one wants to invest in Genesis. Okay, cool. No problem. Then invest in another company, invest in DCG. Remember, this company was valued at $10 billion. So surely they, in the peak of the bull market, they were, they were valued at $10 billion. So surely, 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 these guys can raise a billion dollars, which they need to fill the hole, which they said they needed by Monday, they needed a billion dollars. Only problem is that valuations have come down and nobody wants to touch these guys. And the market is now very, very, very scared of crypto. And so they are really, really, really struggling to raise a billion dollars. This is where the story gets a little bit more juicy. Another one of the investments in the, in the, the uh, by DCG is a company called Grayscale. We've spoken about Grayscale a lot, but what Grayscale essentially is, it's a company that sets up trusts, which allow investors to invest in crypto assets using, by selling shares in the trust. So for companies that don't want to hold actual crypto, for companies that want to own shares instead of crypto, for retail investors that don't want to hold crypto, don't want to hold their keys, don't want to open Coinbase accounts, they created a product where you could just buy shares in a trust, and that represented your ownership of crypto. Now, this company... This Grayscale company um, today is one of the biggest holders of Bitcoin in the world. They own about 3% of the world's Bitcoin. In fact, they own th- 634,000 Bitcoin in this trust. Okay, so that's, that's and they, they have other trusts. They have Ethereum, they have Neo Protocol, they have a whole lot of other trusts. Over the weekend, there were a whole lot of rumors and speculation because now people are getting very, very nervous. And they said to Grayscale, hey, Grayscale, publish proof of reserve. You say that you have 635,000 uh, uh, Bitcoin. Okay, show us. Show us that the fact that you have, have 635,000 Bitcoin. And instead of actually showing a proof of reserve, what Grayscale did was they came out and they said, we're not showing anybody proof of reserves. And the reason why we won't show proof of reserves is because we don't want people to know, we don't want people to know where where are our Bitcoin are, because that, that makes you a hack target. And to be honest, I kind of understand it. If I was holding 635,000 Bitcoin, I'd be very quiet about which addresses they're in, because I just don't want people to start targeting my wallets, to start finding a way to, 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 to hack the wallets. Um, so that blew up over the weekend. You had people like Bitfinext complaining about it. You had people like Mike Dudas complaining about it. And then what happens? Coinbase Custody. Publishes a letter today which shows that they are actually custodying the right amount of Bitcoin and the right amount of Ethereum for Grayscale. So that risk is now off the table. The fact that Grayscale doesn't have its reserves is off the table. Okay. It's off the table, which is great because right now, this um, uh, GBTC is trading at a huge discount. In fact, let's quickly look at the discount. It's like over 40%. So the discount is now at 45.2%. You can buy GBTC shares at 45% less. And now you know for sure because Coinbase has come out and told you, look, we are actually holding this Bitcoin. Here's a letter. The letter says we are actually holding this Bitcoin. So people people who were scared that there's no Bitcoin, well, that fear is now out the window. The only problem is that right now, DCG are trying to convert the Grayscale Trust into an ETF. They've, they've, they're suing the SEC and they're trying to convert the Grayscale, the Grayscale Trust into an ETF. At the same time though, they need money. DCG need money. They need a billion dollars. Where can they get a billion dollars from? Where would you get a billion dollars? You can either raise money in Genesis or you could raise money in the DCG holding company or you may realize or you may know that DCG own a whole lot of GBTC shares. They own 28,080, sorry, 28,080 GBTC shares, which means that Digital Currency Group own about $280 million worth of GBTC shares. The only problem is that if they sell those GBTC shares in the market right now, they're going to sell them at a 45% discount. And so one option for them to go and raise their billion dollars is to actually go and sell these shares, drive the share price down to an 80% discount, and get it gone. The second way for them to raise capital is to liquidate the trust. Now, right now, you can't liquidate the trust because the provisions don't allow people to liquidate the trust. But what they can do is that they can go to the SEC and they could apply for what's called Reg M relief and the Reg M relief would allow them to liquidate the trust. Now, I think that we don't want them to liquidate the trust because if they liquidate the trust, all those Bitcoin are starting to hit the market or will be available to hit the market. And so regardless of what you think of DCG and Barry Silbert, you want Barry Silbert to raise a billion dollars because if he doesn't, then he may do desperate things. And desperate things could mean liquidating the trust. It could mean that. Ryan Selkis says, look, you know, liquidate the trust. Um, I said, I I, I pushed back. I said, do we really want all the Bitcoin on the market? He said, it won't hit the market if the SEC approves in-kind redemptions, to which I said, look, a large portion of those would be hitting the market. So I think right now for stability, we think that the trust should remain a trust and that people won't be able to share it. And those people that have balls, go and buy yourself some GBTC shares and one day this thing will resolve itself and, and the discount will eventually close. It's inevitable. It has to happen. I just don't know how long it's going to take before it happens. But if your view is long-term, that's it. Someone says loan him a billion dollars. Problem is that I blew myself up on Luna. So <laughs> no have, not have, not have, no have, no have, not have billion dollar, no have billion dollar. Anyway, so regardless of, 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 of where you are right now, let, let's take stock. Genesis, bad shape, but they can liquidate Genesis. DCG has a $1 billion hole potentially in its balance sheet and it's struggling to raise money right now. We need DCG to raise money. I think that they will raise money. If they don't raise money, what they could do is they could start selling their GBTC shares. If they did that, if they did that, they could sell their GBTC GBTC shares at what is today a 45% discount, but it's only going to get worse if they start selling, which is what the market's actually starting to price India. And so what I think is going to happen is What I hope is going to happen is they raise money because if not, they may go to extreme cases and liquidate the trust. Another thing which they can do, which no one's talking about is they've got all these assets. Start selling some of the assets. Hey, you own X percent of Abra, sell 10% of Abra. Yes, you're not going to get a good price or whatever. You own BitGo, you own Bitmark, you own BitOasis, you own Bitwala, you own Blockstream. Sell, 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 sell pieces of each thing. I think the reason why they're not doing it is because it will take too long. And right now the market's not good for people to be uh, buying these assets. And so I guess what we need now is we need Barry Silbert to, to come out and say something because he's such a prominent voice in the industry that he should come out and say something. And the problem is that they're not. They're repeating SBF type behavior. You know, like when they don't talk, when the, shit's, when, when the world's collapsing and they don't talk. And people are seeing this. People are seeing this. They're saying, look, hey, Grayscale, DCG, Barry Silbert, (laughs) pretty quiet over there. Grayscale writes a tweet just about every day and hasn't since the pre-FTX bankruptcy on November 8th. None of these accounts have acknowledged the events the past week. Unusually quiet. Are you guys doing all right? So that's that's the, the situation. Also, I mean, the worst thing that they're doing is that they've now removed this Who We Are page off their website. I mean, I went to look at this and they removed. There's no more Who We Are. Look, it's gone. Gone. I think, again, centralized players, and specifically the size of Barry Silbert and DCG, have a responsibility to the industry, specifically if you're the biggest holder of Bitcoin, and you really believe in this industry, come out and say something. Tell us what you're doing. Give us some, something. But this silence, we know how this ends. Do Kwan went quiet. Alex Mashinsky went quiet. SBF went quiet. Barry Silbert don't go quiet on us, bro. Say something. Do something. Do something. Say something. I don't know. Anyway, so that's the story. We'll keep you updated with uh we'll keep you updated with what's going on. I did actually reach out to Barry last night. He hasn't got back to me. Maybe he has. i must check my email. But I did reach out to him and I said, look, if you need a voice that's not Coindesk, because remember, they own Coindesk. If you need a voice that's not coined come come talk on crypto banter. Let's see what happens. Um, another bunch of people that I think should come and talk on crypto banter is BitBoy and Kevin O'Leary. So you all know how I feel about BitBoy. I think he's a great guy. I think he's made a whole lot of mistakes, but I think he's cleaned up. I think now though, I think he's getting a little bit too cocky and a little bit too arrogant and a little bit too addicted to, to increasing likes and followers. You know, he's picked up a lot of followers on Twitter, he's got over 1 million. And I think that he's starting to display the same signs that SBF did and Do Kwan did and Alex Masinski did, which is I'm unbeatable, I'm undefeatable. And we know that the world has a way of humbling people that do that. And I understand that you want to potentially expose things. I get it. And I'm on your side. I want, you, I want you to expose things, but I think you need to be responsible because I don't want to see BitBoy sued. You, you don't want that. No one wants that. He's not taking on Kevin O'Leary um, and Kevin O'Leary is fighting back. He dropped a video. In that video, he showed how Kevin O'Leary's wife was allegedly driving a boat, which killed two people. People were saying that Kevin O'Leary was driving the boat. Um, he is. He found a tweet, or I don't know if he found the tweet or someone gave it. But he's saying that you know he's starting to say you know I have a booking agent I work with. It can be between seventy k for a virtual and two hundred and fifty k for an in person. So finding Kevin O'Leary's appearance fees. Appearance fees are pretty like normal in the industry. You can't expect Kevin O'Leary to appear for free. Um, even though we only, I only ever appear for free. And I always give, if I, if I insist on paying a speaker fee, I'll always give that fee to charity. I've never, ever once charged uh, for a speaker fee. But I'm not Kevin O'Leary. I'm not Kevin O'Leary. I'm not a shark on Shark Tank. Anyway, so BitBoy's taking him on. BitBoy's also now, there was another guy that um, that doxed BitBoy and, and doxed his address and whatever else. And now BitBoy's taking one. on. And look, I think, love what BitBoy's doing. Love the fact that he exposed FTX. Love the fact that he's, he's cleaning up but bro, just stay humble. Because we've seen what happens to people that get ahead of themselves in this industry. Keep on keeping on. Stay humble. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Um, so Elon is um, now reinstating some Twitter accounts. So which ones has he reinstated? The first one is uh, Kanye. And Kanye says, in, in true Kanye style, testing, testing, seeing if, If my Twitter is unblocked, realizes his Twitter is not unblocked, what does he do next? (laughs) Shalom. Seriously? As if like, dude, did you not just get taken down? Shalom. All right. The next one that he's reinstated, he reinstated President Trump, who's already got 87.4 million followers. Um, How does that compare with Joe Biden? Remember, Trump's got 87.4 million. Let's see what uh, President Biden is doing. But I, I think no. Let's go back because that's the that's the presidential account. Um, let's see. Joe Biden. Yeah, this is Joe Biden. So Trump's got eighty-seven point four million. Joe Biden's got thirty-six point four million on Twitter. Now the thing is, John, um, uh, um, uh, he hasn't tweeted it. So Trump's been reinstated, but he hasn't tweeted it. So Elon's now provoking him to tweet. He's saying lead us not into temptation because Trump said he wouldn't actually tweet again. He said, even if it was accepted, he wouldn't actually tweet again. Um, the other guy that he has, has uh, reinstated is Andrew Tate, which is good for us. We're going to see Andrew Tate. I think he's coming here or we're going there to, to do a, a crypto banter episode with him. So Andrew Tate's back on also with 1.7 million followers. I mean, pretty cool to see them back, um, pretty cool to see those guys back, uh, back on, 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 on Twitter. Um, yeah, the other thing, which so a couple of other things which we saw. So one is Mark Cuban started to unfollow a whole lot of crypto accounts. And it looks like he did a cleanup. And then he responded. He said, look, just cleaned out the ones that weren't following me, still following lots of crypto people. People were speculating that Mark Cuban's actually capitulated. Um, speaking of capitulation, Jump Capital saying, you know, uh, you guys, we're fine. Not, we're not unwinding at all. And then, I don't know, the, the on-chain data... Shows a very different story. It shows they're moving a lot of Ethereum around. So we'll keep our eyes on that. We've got to keep our eyes on that. Um, what else is there? Is there anything else for today that is important for today? Oh, this is important. This is important. This is, I mean, a couple of other things. Let's, let's look here. For, oh, the other thing, BitBoy. BitBoy's taking on Gary Gensler as well. Like
1: Gary Gensler has completely screwed everyone in crypto. Everyone who lost any money in Celsius, Voyager, BlockFi, uh, FTX, you lost it because of Gary Gensler. He, his lack of creating clarity and regulation in like, the space. Expect-
0: like I get it. I get it. But the problem is if you, like, if you provoke Gary Gensler, he will find you for, for promoting an unregistered security. And that's, I don't think it's going to end well. Right, one I've one got here. some news here. I think uh, GBTC seems to be down another 10% at the open. Do you want to check the chart? Yeah. A GBTC or GBTC discount for any Hit me with a link in the in the research group. Let's have a look at it. I mean, Bitcoin is down. I don't think that the, that, let's have a look at it. By the way, by the way, by the way, um, I wanted to show you this. And I know it might be hopium, but even though, even though um, Solana price is getting hit unnecessarily hard, what you can see is that Solana NFT tokens are, NFTs on Solana actually booming right now. Don't kill the chain because of sentiment. Don't kill the chain because of sentiment. Let's see, Freddie just sent us this thing. Let's have a look here. Uh, no, Marshall. Okay, let's have a look here. Yeah, GBTC down, j- down 10% at the opening. Look, Bitcoin is also down about 5% because remember, it's a... It's a, a but, but this is more on the, on the discount. I think whew, this has got to turn. This has got to turn. This has got to turn. All right. I think that's it. Oh, wait. Before I let you guys go, very important, very important. So, you know, we have the trading competitions. So Bit, BitGet is now running their universal trading competition, except this very time, very important. So this time, it's about teams. So there's a team. There's my team. And then there's Sheldon's team and there's Kyle's team. Obviously, my team is going to win. We're going to destroy... Sheldon's team and the prize is like 100 or 200 bitcoin. It's a big prize, so if you want to join my team, my team, if you would like to join my team and not join Carl's team or Sheldon's team, the winning team. If you want to join the winning team, then there is the link. It started yesterday and finishes the same day as the soccer World Cup, so we're gonna start uh, trading because we're gonna win this because we're gonna win. We're gonna win 100 bitcoin, and when we do win 100 bitcoin, we're gonna share it between the members of the team, and it's gonna be amazing. And we will. Maybe give Kyle and Sheldon a little tip. We'll give them like 0.1 Bitcoin each. Just 0.1 Bitcoin for Carl. 0.1 Bitcoin for Sheldon. Just 0.1 and 0.1. And the rest, the 99.98, we will keep for my team, which is going to win the competition. True story. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Uh, I may jump onto Mario Spaces now, if you want. You see? You see? Carl. I may jump onto Mario's spaces for a little bit just to, to hang out if you want to if you want to jump jump in see you guys again tomorrow until then have fun stay safe trade well friends and fam